Welcome to Ben Davis Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Davis, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you about one of my favorite things in the world, movies. This is our One For Me series where in between my deep dive on franchises, I focus on standalone films that I've been wanting to talk talk about for some time. This week we're talking about one of my favorite comedies ever, but before we get to that, I'd like to introduce my guest this week, Carly Davis. Hello. How are you you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? I'm hanging in there. Mm -hmm. Fantasy team. I am 2-0 today, so I'm I'm very, very happy about that. Very exciting. Well, I'm 2-0 today. That could change tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) when my opponents have people that are playing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, things can change. Um, Have you seen anything recently that you would like to recommend? Um, I don't know about recommend. I did just start Raised by Wolves, the series, um, the Ridley Scott series. Produced by Ridley Scott, Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm only two episodes in. So far, I'm finding it intriguing and a little weird. Um, But I'm not sure if it's two thumbs up yet. Uh, I also watched The Chair, which is a very short series. Um, What do you think of The Chair? The Chair was fine. Um, Not a comfortable chair? No, it was not a comfortable chair at all. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's it's set in a university English department, so obviously I connect with it on some levels. I'm going to quote one of my friends here who watched it before I did. She said it's it's a little too real. Um, you see a little a little bit too much of uh, the things about the job that make you uncomfortable in it. Yeah. So there was that. It. Yeah, there were a lot of very uncomfortable moments in it that uh, just kind of make it less recreational to watch, I think. Yeah. Um, I also wouldn't necessarily call it expertly done. Okay. Although, I so, do love uh, Sandro. So, so it's a bit of a mixed bag for you. It is. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's worth the watch, especially if that's, you know, it's always fun to watch people do your job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So nothing nothing glowing so far in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, you can check out uh, the latest review show to see if I recommend Cop Shop or Cry Macho. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than those, I haven't really had time to sit down and watch a whole lot besides just turning on something in the background. Um, I haven't really done much watching for pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say I've been enjoying the heck out of Ted Lasso. Of course, yes. Believe the hype when it comes to that show. Ted Lasso that show is, great. is incredible. There's only been one episode that I haven't really been a fan of. Uh, but this week's episode was talk about hilarious and also just a punch to the stomach Mm -hmm. but like in a good way it's not not in a bad way gets you in the feels yeah um also just started uh midnight mass yeah we watched watched the first episode two episodes of that it was just the first episode and i am really into it Mm -hmm. again it's only the first episode but i'm I'm already really into it which is no surprise it's mike flanagan who did dr sleep which is what i think is probably if not the greatest horror film of the last couple years i've seen it it, it's it is that movie especially director's cut is almost perfect yeah the fact that i'm able to sit down and consistently watch dr sleep speaks volumes that and then also haunting on hill house is Mm -hmm. my favorite series in a long time I was super late to the party on that one. I liked Bly Manor. Um, didn't love it as much as Hill House. Yeah. But regardless of that, Mike Flanagan is a, is a genius. Because he he makes 
the horror personal. He does. And that's what that's what makes it great. Mm-hmm. The characters are really well done. Mm-hmm. I will say, don't eat while you're watching it. No, no. Yeah. It's not one of those. But moving on to the movie we're talking about this week, we are here to talk about one of my favorite comedies. And the movie that, you know, helped bring back the R-rated movie uh, into prominence, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, mm-hmm. um, a film directed by Judd Apatow and starring Steve Carell, Catherine Keener, Paul Rudd, uh, Romany Malco, Seth Rogen, Elizabeth Banks, Leslie Mann, and Jane Lynch. If you aren't familiar with The 40-Year-Old Virgin, the plot synopsis reads like such, according to Google. Andy uh, Stitzler? Stitzler? Is, they never actually say his last name in the yeah, movie, do they? Yeah, it's, it's weird. They never say his last name in the movie, so I just... I, Andy. Andy. <laughs> is a, a, a single guy who works at a box store. Living alone, 40-year-old Andy sends his, or spends his free time playing video games and curating action, his action figure collection. Uh, despite his age, Andy has never had sex, so his friends, including laid-back David, push Andy towards losing his virginity. While attempting to get over his awkwardness around female cu- uh, customers, Andy meets local shop owner Trish, and they begin a tentative romance. Like I said on the Wedding Crashers podcast we did a few weeks ago, more than a few weeks ago, um, that movie, along with this one, really ushered in a new era for R-rated comedies. Uh, this one hit at the perfect time for all involved. I mean, look at this cast. You got like Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd. Those are household names. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also Steve Carell, you know, right. and Judd Apatow really is the... Jonah Hill's in this movie. Like, it's just, there's well, so right many. before Steve Carell got big, right? This was right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. It was, he had Bruce Almighty, where he had, you know, he's playing Evan Baxter. But very um, much a secondary character. Very much a secondary character, but he stole the show in the movie. He was the funniest part in the movie. Yeah. And then he had this. And then right after this, he also had The Office. Mm. So... This is kind of the thing that really prompt, or like, really shot him into stardom. Really, um, pushed pushed him over to the next level. So, Carly, when was the first time you saw the four year old virgin, and how does it compare to how you feel about it now? Um, so, I didn't see this one until you made me watch it for the first time. Probably that's not a sentence you say often. <laughs> I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. I'm being incredibly sarcastic. <laughs> He made me watch this. He did. I mean, the title of the movie is The 40-Year-Old Virgin. I can't think of anything that I would rather watch less than a movie with the word virgin in the title. Like, just problems left and right. Well, Jane Uh, the Virgin, you watched that willingly by yourself. I do watch Jane the Virgin. Um, And that is, I have mixed feelings about myself about that. You know, I don't feel good about watching Jane the Virgin consistently. Yeah, a lot of people love that show. Guilty pleasure. Um, But yeah, it's... You know, like, raunchy comedy is not really my style. I kind of had it pegged, or I had this image in my head of this as kind of a gross movie that I didn't have any interest in seeing and whatever. But we sat down and watched it together, um, what do you think, probably two years ago now? Yeah, it's been around about two, three years, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It's, I mean, it's not my favorite movie. I'm not going to go back and watch it a million times, but it's sweet. The characters are fun. Um, it's a good story. It's... Like you said, funny, but not necessarily laugh out loud funny, except one particular scene. Um, so yeah, I think 
the more I've seen this movie, the more it has grown on me, even though it wasn't one that I thought I would like initially. Yeah, the first time I saw this movie, The um, Four-Year-Old Virgin, was when I ordered it on pay-per-view, because this was definitely not one that I could convince my parents to take me to see. Uh, this is one I just rented on pay-per-view uh, one night when the rents were asleep, and if I, if I recall correctly, uh, I watched it by myself. And I remember finding it funny, but I found it to be, you know, more chuckle-worthy laughs and actual gut-busting laughs like Wedding Crashers was to me at Mm -hmm. the time. Because this movie isn't really, you know, it's not outlandish. You know, there's some stuff about it that is, but it's more grounded in a way as opposed to Wedding Crashers, which is not. Mm -hmm. It's, it's It's an absurdist comedy. Um, but over time, to me, this movie has aged much better in terms of how much it makes me laugh. Uh, this movie is just so damn funny. It's funny, and I feel like most of the people in this movie are people that I actually know and have conversations with. So on that level, I do find it relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, this movie, again, like you said, it's just very, very sweet. And this movie could have easily not been very, very sweet. Right. You know? Um, yeah, sure, you have some gross-out humor, which there isn't as much as you would think with the title. There's right. Not, there's it's, not a lot. not um, as heavy-handed as you would expect. No. And but, from, like, the trailers, too. They really focused on the gross stuff, I feel like, in advertising this. Yeah, it was the all-color. The poster was fantastic. I don't remember the poster. The poster is just him on the front with an orange background and just him, like, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's perfect. But, uh but to me, at the movie's core, it's about, you know, being yourself and being with somebody who loves you for you and those things about you that make you uniquely yourself, not trying to be something that's more acceptable to make someone like you more. It's mm-hmm. about being yourself and who you are, being confident in who you're in yourself, but also uh, being with someone who, you know, loves you for who you are, like the whole bit about when he has his panic his panic attack or his freak out mm-hmm. she's like you want me to be be thor i'll dress up like thor <laughs> like she just loves him so much she wants to be close to him she yeah. wants to be into the things that he's into like <laughs> it's I don't just, think she wants to be into the things. He, I think she's very horny in that scene. That's good. Well, I think it's that, but I also think she. <laughs> but she's is willing to really to into meet him. Halfway. Yeah, yeah, she's really into him and is into the things that he wants for him. She's supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's what makes this movie special. When I watch it today, and what makes it stand out, you know. Uh, in many ways, this movie, it twists your expectations, too, because while you think you're going in laughing at Andy, and you are, you certainly do, uh, you're more laughing at his friends who are all on, you know, on their high horse about, here's how you get women, here's how you do this. But underneath all that, you know, they're all messed up in their own special way oh, yeah. uh, with their own problems that they have to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always funny to me how their advice you know, never works out when Andy, but when Andy, Andy like tries to be himself or fumbles into being himself, mm-hmm. it, it works. And that's to me what makes this movie stand a test of test of time. It's just it's very sweet, and again, it, it could have easily not been. This could have easily been like the low hanging fruit movie. Uh, they could have made uh, Andy the worst caricature of a forty year old virgin. 
possible. Mm-hmm. And they don't. He's actually a very sweet person. Yeah. You know? He's just awkward. And he's not necessarily, like, he's not unrelatably awkward. He's awkward in a way, like you said, that... No, he's awkward in a way that is in- incredibly very, relatable. Very, realistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's awkward in a way that is, it's, it's presented well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it worked for a lot of people, because the Rotten Tomato score for this movie is uh, 85%, with a consensus being Steve Carell's first star turn scores big with tender treatment of its titular underdog using raunchy but realistically funny comedy to connect with adult audiences and that's Mm -hmm. true um and i think that's why i didn't connect with it as much when i was a kid i was a kid when i watched this movie i was like 11 yeah a lot way too young (laughs) (laughs) 11 12 years old when i watched this movie so i uh, again i got most of the humor at this point in in my life but like Getting it and connecting with it are not the same thing. They're not the exact, exactly. Getting it and connecting with it are not the same things. Mm-hmm. And the older I've gotten, the more I have become more appreciative of this movie in hindsight. And to me, yeah, this is better than Wedding Crashers. Yeah, I agree. Um, not saying Wedding Crashers is bad. You guys know I love Wedding Crashers. But this movie, to me, is it's a better movie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's far funnier, I think, too. Just because I, again, I know characters that are in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, I know these people. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you agree with the score? Would you have it around 85%? I think I would. I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but it's enjoyable. It's fun. 85% sounds right to me. Yeah, I would I'd probably bump it up to around the 93%. Mm. Like, I, there's nothing really in particular that bugs me about this movie. And we'll get to that later in the awards. But, like... This movie is just, it's consistent, it's concise, it's got everything you really need in it, um, and it, it's it's just, it's a good time, and it makes me happy when I watch yeah, it. Yeah, it is, it's a feel-good movie. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I, I would maybe have it around the 93%, mm. somewhere in there. But let's move on to some fun facts here. Um, the scene where Andy has his chest hair removed, required five (laughs) cameras set up for the shot. Steve Carell's chest hair was actually ripped out in the scene. Carell had told director uh, Judd Apatow just before shooting the scene, it has to be real, Uh, it won't be funny if it's mocked up or if it's a special effect, you have to see this really happening. And for obvious reasons, this scene had to be done with one shot. That is a brave, brave man. Yeah, it would hurt. He's a brave man. That that would hurt. I've only had like my eyebrow port, like right here waxed one time. Or, mm-hmm. Now I didn't know that that was happening <laughs> when it <laughs> happened, but uh, that didn't feel too good. It didn't hurt, but I imagine no. on your chest well, though, on a, a man's chest, and see, Krell has quite a hairy chest. Yeah, you know, that's that's different. I I would imagine that that is one short tear down from a bikini wax. Would be my guess. Ow. Right? I mean, eyebrows, you know, I, I get my... I feel eye. like a bikini wax is way more personal. Wait, right. There's a different level of awkward yeah. to that. Um, but like an eyebrow wax, I, I used to get my eyebrows waxed regularly. And that's... It's your eyebrows. I mean, like... Yeah, it's not... It doesn't for, hurt. I don't... This this might be a having tweezed your eyebrows since you were 11 kind of thing. You The hair just doesn't grow in as firmly, but... Um, it's just, it's not as well attached, but I think men's chest hair is 
quite well attached and then him just <laughs> deciding on the fly, okay, we're going to do this. That is Listen, as a someone move. as someone who has competed in five bodybuilding competitions, chest hair on me grows back so fast. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's very attached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you always shave for your competitions, correct? I do. You don't wax. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. No. Not for me. That, that's too much waxing. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an all-day process. It would. Uh, to prepare for his role of Andy, Steve Carell lost 30 pounds for the role. Judd Apatow was originally nervous about the transfer uh, transformation, stating that he didn't think that comedians wanting to look good is ve- is ever good for comedy. However, he gradually realized that Carell being quote-unquote ripped was a good idea as it helped establish that Andy was only a virgin because he's shy and nervous, not because of his looks. And I think that that works. I mean, I think that that does come across clearly in the movie. I have several problems with all of the sentiments expressed there, but... Well, like, I I get what you're saying, but like... I think it's important to establish it's not because of his looks. Right. It is just because he's not confident and Mm -hmm. he's a little awkward and unsure of himself and shy and... And it's better to establish that those are the reasons for the story than, oh, well, it's just because he's a schlub. Or he doesn't look like your stereotypically, you know, stereotypical handsome guy. Which, in this movie, he's not a bad-looking guy. Steve Carell's not a bad-looking guy. Um, And he did kind of get jacked. And he's not, like, what you would call, like... Arnold Schwarzenegger jacked, but he's he is yeah, an he's in, in shape, perfectly good shape yeah. man in this movie, and yeah, like I, th- I think it works. I think losing the weight and staying away from the oh, it's because he's schlubby mm-hmm. is well, much better. Schlubby is a and th- this movie does a good job of kind of pushing against that stereotype. Anyway, I think yeah, it does. Yeah, but the fat is funny trope is not acceptable and it's good that they didn't go in that direction yeah uh <laughs> the counselor at the health clinic where annie takes marla is played by steve carell's real life wife nancy <laughs> carell that's very interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> she did a really good job she did totally believable uh the electrician store featured in the movie was not a set but a repurposed staple store that had just shut down <laughs> hashtag staples yay represent yeah <laughs> Uh, Judd Apatow had a part written for Jason Segel, um, with the character named Jason, but Apatow could not get the studio to approve his casting. Uh, Apatow advised Segel to, uh, or because of his unique brand of humor, to consider writing material for himself. Thus, uh, Segel wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall. See, and that's so funny because I always picture him in this movie even though he's not there. Like, he just seems like he would be a part of their friend group and mm-hmm. you know like it my brain just kind of puts him in place with everybody else even though i know he's not in it yeah and well like he just is part of that that group mm-hmm. you know he is just part of that group and like i halfway expect danny mcbride to show up in this movie at some <laughs> point he never does but like they're just part of that group yeah. and honestly like my first time seeing Jason Segel was actually in Knocked Up. It was not in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm. Uh, but I remember him standing out in Knocked Up because of the chemistry he had yeah. with Leslie Mann. <laughs> the bits he has with her in that movie. 
Uh, they're classic. But yeah, it, well, it served him well for getting Sarah Marshall. Got to talk about that with Shane. That's one of my. That's probably my favorite romantic comedy. This and the movie we're talking about now, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall, are yeah. like. I I think they are the best, pound for pound. Romantic I love comedies. you, man. That's a that's a uh, bro comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a bromedy bromedy. Would it be, would it would you label I feel it a like bromedy? You just made that word up. I don't know what that means. Bro comedy. Bro comedy. Bromedy. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Um, a loving bro that, comedy. But that is him. It's him and Paul Rudd, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, the producers were planning to have a sequel uh, by the name Knocked Up with almost the same cast, but in the end, they released Knocked Up as a separate movie, not related to this one. Although it's kind of a spiritual sequel mm. in, in many ways. Yeah. Uh, the film ended up uh, being. Uh, the being instrumental to making the U.S. version of The Office into an Emmy-winning smash hit. After that show's first season, the producers were worried because Steve Carell's Michael Scott character was coming across as a nasty and menacing as nasty and menacing when they didn't want him to. Mm-hmm. After seeing the performance here, they used some of its elements to transform Michael Scott into a man who was still a buffoon but was more clueless than mean. And had some uh, genuine skills. You can see that, like, if you watch The Office closely, you can see some scenes where Michael Scott is, like, kind of a competent but douchebag employer. Yeah, so and he- then he quickly becomes this goofus. So here's the thing. I have not actually, because every time I try to sit down and watch The Office from fault. episode one to the end... Something happens where I come home and the episodes have jumped about 20 or 10 or 15 or whatever. It's what you get for working outside the house. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I know. So, like, <laughs> I've seen... It's my fault. I take I take. I've seen The Office, but I've never seen it all the way through. And there are parts in season one where you're like, okay, this is not the same. This feels very different. Right, it than, does. Than the one you get later on. And by the time it's at the end, he's kind of this lovable goof. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, they they really want you to like him at the end, where at the beginning it kind of seems... Well, and often, really, throughout the series, it seems like everybody versus Michael. Yeah. Yeah. But you definitely get that shift from malicious to just goofy. Yeah. The studio claimed... That they thought Steve Carell looked like a serial killer. It's not nice. <laughs> In response, Steve decided the character would be a little bit more Buster Keaton-esque, according to Judd Apatow. He's quoted as saying, He was low energy and everyone was spinning around him. Lines were also written and improvised, making fun of the fact that Andy could be confused with a serial <laughs> killer. Which, like... I never, like, confuse him with a serial killer. He's just awkward. Yeah. Okay, so there's there's one particular episode of Criminal Minds. Oh, God. And it's... The most accurate representation right. of serial killers. Obviously, a very thoroughly researched and scientifically precise show. Not, um, but whatever. Guilty pleasure yet again. <laughs> um, there's one episode, and if you watch Criminal Minds, it's the one where the guy records the killings with his glasses. Um, and that is also kind of a problematic representation of a differently abled person. Um, but that that killer 
could be Steve Carell in this movie, I think. I think they have similar vibes. So I see where they're coming from. I, I don't. I feel like he's probably just a very awkward guy that just needs friends. He does need friends. And he does get friends. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Leslie Mann came up with the idea to throw up on Andy's face. The original plan yeah. was uh, that Nikki, which is Leslie Mann's character in the movie, and Andy were to be pulled over by uh, by the police, and it would turn out that Nikki was concealing a gun under the seat the whole time. Mann insisted that her vomiting on Andy would be funnier conclusion to the scene. She So she gulped down a mix of strawberry yogurt and, quote, some kind of uh, kefir? Kefir. Kefir, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hilarious. And, and she's right, I and, think. Absolutely. 100% right. That is the... F- don't want to give it away, but that, that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> it's so freaking funny. She, like, look, she Leslie Mann does not get enough love for being as funny as she is. She, she is, is hilarious. hilarious. And just about everything she's in, she's in this movie for maybe five minutes and she's batting a thousand mm-hmm. and has some of the most quotable lines in the movie. She's just <laughs> funny as hell. She is. Her and, um, oh my God, why why am I forgetting her name? Oh my God, this is going to kill me. Catherine Hahn. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like my two favorite uh, comedic actresses. <laughs> they are just, they never miss. You know, I have actors that just are always on. Mm-hmm. They are always on when yep. it comes to comedy. They are fantastic. Um, and the last fun fact we'll get to here. During the waxing scene, the actress playing the waxer almost ripped Steve Carell's nipple off. Um, she didn't realize he was supposed to coat the nipples with in Vaseline prior to waxing. Uh, fortunately... For the actor, director Judd Apatow realized that this was happening and yelled, cut, just in time. Ooh. Now, Ow! I thought I had heard that she was actually a professional waxer. I, I don't know. Again, these uh, are fun facts. They're not hardcore, not peer-reviewed, thoroughly <laughs> vetted facts that I have researched and Googled and spent couple minutes throwing together <laughs> but nonetheless we are certainly glad that steve carell got to keep his nipples <laughs> yeah ouch. Ouch, ouch 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 yeah completely different movie if he didn't i feel like listen if she had ripped off his nipple do you think they would have kept the scene in <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean you have to it's like the scene where tom cruise shattered his ankle in mission impossible doing that stunt that that take is in yeah. the movie you well, have to didn't, do it um didn't Leo stab himself in the hand in yeah, Django? Yeah, in Django. In the Django, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But before we get to our award section, guys, we're going to take a quick break so you can hear an ad from our sponsor. And we are back. Thank you so much to our sponsor over here at Ben Davis Movie Podcast. We really appreciate that. But we are going to move on to our award section, and we're going to start off with favorite scenes and moments. I'm going to start off with Andy's routine, his morning routine. <laughs> The thing that always gets me and shocked me the first time I saw this movie is he wakes up the boner in the pants, <laughs> just fully torqued in the morning <laughs> and the bending over to pee. It's just, it's a little too real. <laughs> yeah. But then he has this like nice little routine where he gets up, 
works out, gets has time to take a bath, and then cooks his own little healthy breakfast, rides his bike to, to work. It's just such a nice little routine. It is. But then it's also taking you through this guy's apartment. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing it, what looks like to me, the ultimate man cave. To some... uh, which I think is an accurate description. Yes. But it, it's the, the movie's trying to portray it as a, it's, he's a grown child kind of thing. But, but he's also... He's, he's a functioning clearly, adult. I was going to say that. He's a, clearly a very functioning adult, and he kind of has his shit together. Well, it, the movies, it's playing on that. Because mm-hmm. the people who, quote-unquote, have their shit together don't really. You know what I mean? Right. So it's playing, again, with the perception of that. Mm-hmm. This comedy, it's smarter than a lot of people give it credit for. It is. Um. David goes off on Paula about Michael McDonald. You crack up every time this comes it's on. It's so freaking <laughs> funny. <laughs> hey, Paula. If I hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. Such yep. a smart ass. Back on the floor. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, listen, as someone who has worked in retail for an extended period of time, I can tell you, when you hear the same songs over and over and over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. there is nothing more maddening. I remember when me and Jared worked at Snap Fitness, and all we used to hear was um, was that song Black Widow by um, Iggy Azalea, and what was the other one? It was a Taylor Swift song, Shake It Off. Oh, yeah. Shake oh, It Off my did play at Snapple. God! I just... It was horrible. We finally figured out how to change the station, though. So that was nice. Yeah. I used to work um, with my brother at an insurance agency, and he would play this radio station that I think only had four songs on rotation. And it was it was Stone Sour Through Glass. It was a very weird combination of songs. Huh. Stone Sour Through Glass. Um, the one about you spin my head right round. Okay. Black, uh, Black Eyed Peas, I think. No, 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 no. It's no, definitely no. not Black Eyed Peas. No. It's like a hip hop song. It's Kesha. Well, Black Eyed Peas is hip hop. So it's. Whatever, I, I don't remember. It's um, Kesha and. It's a man. I, but it's featuring Kesha. Probably. Yeah. Whatever. The point is, it was just four songs on rotation, and by the end of the day, I was ready to put my head through glass. Because I could not stand just listening to the same thing over yes. and over. So when he does this, it's so relatable, and it's also very funny because I've had those conversations mm-hmm. before. Yeah. <laughs> and if you work at a shopping mall at Christmas time. Well, any retail store really? during Christmas time. Oh, my time. goodness. Because you don't even get the good, like, retail music. Oh, no. Or the good It's like the knockoff version of Mariah Carey's, uh-huh. you know, yeah. All I Want for Christmas. It's like, this isn't as over good. This is sacrilegious. Mm-hmm. I want Mariah's Carey version or nothing. <laughs> You know, like ideally nothing, if, if possible. But, but yes, yeah, that scene we is, feel that yeah, scene's hilarious. Um, Poker night slash Andy's reveal. Oh my gosh, so awkward! <laughs> it hurts to watch. It really does. Just him trying to do the him? sex talk, yeah. the dirty talk. The, it's always better when what does he say? I always say <laughs> it's something. He says something ridiculous, and then he says, he I says always say. everything ridiculous. <laughs> grabbing bags of sand. It's like grabbing bags of sand. 
wait, what? <laughs> Have you felt a breast before, man? <laughs> well, it's also, it's painfully awkward, too. Once he, like, once they realize he's a virgin and that's why he's so, well, that's not why he's so awkward, but it's one of the things. That's why he's so awkward in that moment. Yeah. That's why he's not confident. It's because he's never really been good with the ladies. And when he's getting called out on that, he feels laughed at. Mm-hmm. And then he storms home. He goes, oh, me so horny. Oh, me so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guy doesn't even get any sleep that night. <laughs> he just sits in the bed. This is going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like even if you've never been in the situation of being a 40-year-old virgin. We've all had that moment where you just replay over and over and over. You put your foot in your mouth, you say something stupid, you, uh-huh. people tease you for it, and then you think about it, and you're like, oh, this is, I'm oh, not, is I'm terrible. not looking forward to this. I can never show my face in public again. Yeah, you go to school the next day, and you, or, you know, your job the next day, or wherever, and people have forgotten it already. Yeah. Except for the one guy. Uh, of course. Or a girl. <laughs> <laughs> they just throw it right back in your face. Uh, Andy's first night out with the crew. So this is funny on several levels. Again, because it's showing how, while these guys are fun people to hang out with, they're also not necessarily, like, the best people in the world. Uh, And it's showing, like, while they're giving him, again, this movie's playing with, kind of the perception of what makes you know a good guy a good guy or what right. what makes you know a, a, a cool guy a cool guy or whatever like hearing him talk about uh you know this is how you get girls in reality he's like well no and it's it's true again it plays to be true because what happens to poor andy yeah. <laughs> at the end of the night well and i like that you you see really vast differences. I mean, all of guys are their own kind of, I don't even want to say douchebag, because that's not necessarily the right word. They have their own stuff going on. They've got their own issues going on. Who? All guys in general? No, all or? of the guys. The, yeah. The, the guys who are the guys in the movie. They all have their shortcomings. Right. But they're but they're very different, you know? So yeah. in, in that, like, who fits in narrative, you have the Paul Rudd character who's still very much in love with his ex. Yeah. And problematically stalking her (laughs) Um, you have the um oh his name just left me what's his name which one i don't know whatever you have the other two guys the one who is still just kind of sleeping around and seems to go home with seth rogan i think seth rogan's character yeah who's the the pothead the pothead (laughs) who just you know, just picks up random women and whatever. And then you have the guy who's in the long-term committed relationship but keeps cheating. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it's not a, these the, are the cool guys the, and they all go home with a different girl every night. And the Yeah, it's very accurate. It is. Um, it's Romani Malko's character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you see there, again, I like how they do that. They're not, they're not, because again, in a different movie, these characters would all be the exact same. Right. And they're all very different. Mm-hmm. Um. They would all be buff and good looking and put together and yeah, you know. And they're not necessarily the like Barney that. Stinson of. <laughs> yeah, they would all be the, buff, but yeah, but they would all be like the Barney Stinson, mm-hmm. the legend. Wait for it, dairy guys. Yeah, um, but they're not. They're all I really very, like that. Yeah, but like funny lines from this to Betty Cocker. <laughs> I don't 
remember Benny Cocker. He's holding the, he's with the, they're partying with the bachelorette uh, girls and he's holding the, uh, the penis shaped like baking pan. <laughs> and he says, hold on, wait for it, Benny Cocker. And he's like <laughs> proud of himself the way that he says it. He's like chuckling <laughs> as he says it. <laughs> it's very funny. But then what steals almost this entire damn movie is the car ride home with Leslie Mann. It is so funny. It is a great scene. Like, the Dan rhymes with man and men jerk off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, her having him blow in the (laughs) the starter for her. He blows it. He's like, what's this? (laughs) The judge recommended I get one. (laughs) And then his face throughout the entire time just looks so panicked. And the, (laughs) I just want to live. So he he doesn't know how to drive, right? No. Okay. He doesn't know how to drive at all. And it's again the <laughs> that fucker came out of nowhere. <laughs> She's been driving like a bat out of hell, and then of course the let's get some fucking French toast. <laughs> <laughs> she is the perfect embodiment of drunk. She is. She's just again Leslie Mann. Just showing how great and underrated of a comedic actor she's in just by coming in here and stealing the show. Mm-hmm. She is so great in this. Um, night two with the boys. I like this because as soon as he meets uh, Trish, he has somewhat of a connection. Those guys are automatically like, no. You, you like right. her? You're interested? No. You need to pop out. <laughs> calls them giving her terrible advice. Calls them the hood rats. He says, "Oh yeah." Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just like, "What? No." Uh, but yeah, it's like the misconception of the advice they're giving him is so off base, mm-hmm. and it's so not true. But you just you just have to be yourself, and eventually, that's what the movie gets out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which I think is a misconception a lot of people often have with this movie is because of the way the guys behave. They're thinking it excuses their behavior. I don't think so. I think characters can say stuff in movies and the movie not reflect what they say. Well, certainly. And that that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie clearly is saying something different. Um, but the scene is hilarious because Ka- uh, Cal, Seth Rogen's character, keeps handing him these shots like one after another he smokes weed out of the apple yeah the apple bomb yeah peas on the side of the wall i'm shy (laughs) do it (laughs) and then of course locking him into the room with the porn going on which i have questions about yeah how about that of course the waxing the waxing yep gotta bring that up Best scene, I think. Best scene in the movie for you? For me. Yeah, it's... The car ride with Leslie Mann is good, but the waxing is the best scene. It's iconic. Yeah. The, oh, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> and then the... I just, I love him yelling at her. Meeker, you're your your bird in hell! <laughs> you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, just, you gotta imagine that is agonizingly painful. <laughs> but I never, it always bothers me and cracks me up in that scene that she's not going in any kind of like methodical. No, it's like it's a. Just like well, it's a, like the, uh, Paul Rudd says, you look like a man lantern. smiley face, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, I don't know. Maybe that's a real waxing thing where they do different areas to stop like the skin from breaking or something. Yeah. I don't know. This is not a good look for me. <laughs> 
And then you just get to watch it, like, kind of patchily grow back in throughout the rest of the movie. I love when he makes Cal hold his hand. Hold my hand! What? I'm not gonna hold your hand. Hold my goddamn hand, man! (laughs) (laughs) The box of porn. Yeah. Butter Jams 03. (laughs) I don't know what that's supposed to mean. He compiled a bunch of his favorite sex scenes from 2003 and it's called Boner Jams 03. Yikes. He made like a a, a porn mixtape. Which, who has the time to do right? such a it's thing? A, it's impressive, it really is. Curated. Yes. School of Cock is another one that's... Yikes. <laughs> and then just everybody loves Raymond. Of course. But like, one of my favorite parts about this, and it's, to me, it's not relatable because I always, like, any collectible I get, I always take it out of the box. I say the box. I was boxes, wondering where in the world you were going with this. But, <laughs> yes, it's, it's this part where he freaks out. Don't, don't, don't take it out! He, like, panics. It reminds me a lot of uh, when Chris used to collect action figures when we were growing up. I would take, I would take one that he had in a box, and he would yell at me, "Don't take it out." That's not nice. It's very funny. Although I will say, one of my favorite moments when you get a new action figure is always the like four seven or four seconds where you think about leaving it in the box. You're like, I'm just, I'm not gonna take this one out of the box. I'm gonna leave it in there. And then ten minutes later, I walk in the room and you're like posing it, and it's out of the box. <laughs> like, oh, that didn't last long. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, the. The masturbation bit, too, is also really funny. The playing of uh, Hello by uh, Lionel Richie is fantastic. And then, of course, him trying to do it and then getting, like, grossed out (laughs) and uncomfortable. And then just puts on Everybody Loves Raymond. Data Palooza. Yes. Excellent scene. (laughs) First off, we get to look at Amy for the first time, mm-hmm. and we get to now fully understand that while, yeah, she definitely cheated on him, and she's terrible for that, he has become a psycho ex-boyfriend. Right, Just yeah. stalking her. And it's so funny when uh, Cal is like, you need to stop playing games with my friend. And then she's I like, I've changed my number, number. <laughs> I changed my email, I changed my, uh, all this I other moved, stuff. I, I moved, job. yeah. He's like, well, I didn't know all that, so You're I'm sorry. Like a little concerned for yeah. there, because, oh my god, this guy is still yeah. idealizing her and ooh, trying and he, to get in contact with her. And, and he's just like, I didn't know all that, so I'm sorry. Right. And then, of course, Gina. Of course, Gina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe pull a little rouge on you, tuck your sack back, you game. <laughs> Whatever you're into. <laughs> uh, yeah. Andy takes the fall for Jay slash David's breakdown and work. So this takes place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay being the guy that he is, being he's sleep around, he's in this commi- commi- uh, committed relationship. Well, his girlfriend finds his and finds, speed dating card, yeah, right? Yeah. This girl was a hoe for show. That girl was a hoe. For show. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and you could tell, like, the way he's acting, he keeps playing it up, and you can just see Jay in the background doing, like, no, stop, 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 (laughs) And then, of course, David's breakdown in the store. To me, it's just funny, because the way that uh, Cal stops him, He's about to go down his pants and then just the, the like, rush over and, like, tackles him down. He's, like, pulling up his pants and, like, just the way he goes, ugh. <laughs> like, after he pulls up his pants, he, like, shakes off his hand. 
Oh, God. It's very, very funny. Mm-hmm. Solid scene. Trish and Andy's first date. Very sweet. It is. It's very sweet. It's a genuine... Uh, that You can tell that they have a genuine connection. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time we've seen him interact with somebody, and it feels like he's truly trying to be himself. Yeah. And it's working. It's awkward still, but that's part of his charm, right? Right. So, like, it works. Well, and it's awkward in a very real first date kind of way. It, yeah. It makes sense. And then, of course, the going back to her place to have sex and then him trying to try on the condoms. The million condoms thing doesn't really work for me. It's so funny for me, though. Like, the, how do you, how do you put it on? He doesn't know, clearly. And then the, puts his hand in one, and I am like, Aquaman. why would you be doing that? Why? Why? That, that seems like a poor use of time in that moment. Also, how long is she in the bathroom? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But clearly enough times for him to go through a whole stack. Right. You know? But then getting caught by her daughter and uh, her boyfriend. <laughs> and then him just going, dude, teach me. And him just going like, you're... Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's hopeless. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andy and... Uh, is, is it Maria? The daughter? Yeah. Marla, I think. Mar- yeah, it's Marla. Uh, go to the public health center. Um, this scene is... That is, it's, that's another one of the actual laugh out loud scenes. Yes. It's hysterical because the guy who, you know, wants to stop his daughter's period for lack of a better word for being (laughs) dumb. Dumb. (laughs) How do I do that? I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. That's not a good idea. Okay. What if I were to postpone it for a few years? Seth is the best one though. Seth is hilarious because (laughs) he just keeps on saying the douchiest things and then his dad keeps putting him down like... What are you talking about? Tap that. What are you talking about? Seth, you you have a tiny penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seth, you have a tiny penis. <laughs> we went to Temple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is good parenting right there. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't care who you are. That That is how you handle that. Yeah. And then, of course, the I prefer vaginal sex. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny. But what to me, what makes this scene is the car ride home. See, now, I have a question, though, before they get in the car. He steals the thing. He steals the model of the vagina. Because he's curious. Right. He wants to see what it's about. You can't just be stealing vaginas. Well, I agree. But he, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he did take it. Um, you put it in his pocket? Like, I feel like that would create a bulge. I, just, I have questions. <laughs> uh, well, there's also, I forgot, the other funny line from this scene that always gets me tickled the uh is it true if you don't use it you lose it <laughs> that's a serious question <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's not and it really was it really was yeah. <laughs> but yeah very sweet car ride home yes it's very, I really like very tender the marla character i think she's well done yeah she's the perfect teenager mm-hmm. i feel like yeah uh andy has his freak out oh you know we missed the scene where she's screaming in the bathroom well, oh, Before yeah, that's, they go to the that's part of it. Yeah, and she yeah. starts doing the Just, mumbling. Like, it's not fear! <laughs> yeah. I lost everything. It sounds like a tea kettle. <laughs> and she pops out, fuck you! <laughs> Just the makeup going down her I, I love that performance. I think that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Kat, anyway, I'm sorry. I think that's Kat Dennings, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Uh, Andy has a freak out. 
Um, to me, I love this scene because he's projecting on Trish because of his own insecurities. He's been told throughout the entire movie by his friends that he needs to get rid of all these things and change everything about him in order to attract any type of woman. Mm-hmm. No woman's going to want you because of the things that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. No woman's going to want you because it clearly hasn't worked. Well, it hasn't worked because he hasn't had the confidence. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's really the only thing um, that's holding him or has held him back. And to me, it's, you know, he's taking it out on the wrong person. And this was eventually, it had to happen anyway. Um, but it was going to happen uh, in the in the movie. But I like the way that they did it. Yeah. If that makes sense. I do too. Uh, and it was, again, it's sweet too. Because Trish is trying, you know, to be understanding. She just wants to know, but he can't be honest. Right. About, and she's so confused. She doesn't yeah. understand. Yeah. And she, she is sweet. I love the character mm-hmm. of Trish in this movie. She's wonderful. She is. And again, so relatable. Like, she genuinely seems like a real person. That Yeah. Yeah. Um, and last favorite scene, Andy and Trish make up. Yeah, very sweet. It's very sweet. It, again, it's very sweet. She goes into his apartment and finds all his porn, and he's just like, oh, yeah, those are all of... Uh, of uh, Steve, or what, what's his name? Uh, uh, I don't know. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's character. <laughs> yeah. That, that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you would. You would be, not knowing the situation, you would be very alarmed. Oh, yeah. Those are David's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was very alarmed. What is this vagina? <laughs> but also, like, he know. lied about the carpet installation and all this stuff. So, like, you can understand why she's... Yeah. And then, of course, he finally confesses, like, hey... Uh, this I'm a virgin, and that's why. I also really like there were two sides to that billboard. Both of them hurt. <laughs> yeah, both of them hurt equally. And then playing the heat of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very sweet. And, yeah, I, and of, of course, they get married and mm-hmm. everything like that. But I feel like they could have ended the movie with them making up. You got to show them having sex. Well, just, like, have it go dark and then hear moaning. Like, no. I don't want to see the wedding or anything. No, I, you got to see the wedding. I don't like the wedding. I like I like the I wedding. I don't like the priest saying, for God's sake, consummate the thing. <laughs> like, it's just, no, that's too much. Um, but I think for me, because you've already said your favorite scene is the waxing. It's so hard for me. But I, I think I, it, I think I have to go Andy's first night out with the crew. Really? And his car ride from hell. Hmm. The car ride is funny. It's it's so damn funny. Uh, again, Leslie Mann is so just so underrated, underappreciated. Um, yeah, that's my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. But moving on to worst scenes and moments, uh, only really have one thing, and we were just kind of talking about it. It's the ending. Yeah. Uh, it's just weird when he turns to the camera and starts singing. That's the part. Very, and then the whole like, I get, roll call Age of Aquarius thing is I, weird. See, I get what they were going for. It's supposed to be like he had this euphoric experience having sex for the first or second, first and second and third time, I guess. Like, like it's it's great. I get what they were going for, but it just didn't land for yeah. me personally. Yeah. No, that always takes me completely out of the movie. Yeah. And really, everything from... When they get married to, like, yelling at the guy who's buffing the floor. Dude, can you get the fuck out of here? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. That just, uh, that's unnecessary. Yeah. And then the age will go like, no. 
But I, I that's the only thing that really bugs me mm-hmm. in this movie. There's some comedy in it that might not have aged, you know, well, but like comedies it's hard to it's hard really in general to look back on things and try to judge them by today's standards. Yeah. Um it's you got to look at what the time they were made into. You can't just mm. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think the baby penis scene does not. They're looking at the Jay's showing everybody the ultrasound and talking oh, about the yeah, size yeah, of the baby's yeah, penis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why? That's disturbing. Um, it's whatever. Like that, that doesn't bug me. Again, some of the humor doesn't really stand out to me in a way that like it bugs me. I get some of it might not be as you know, uh, as modern. But it it's still like it's not enough to where it, it rubs me the wrong way or takes mm-hmm. away from my general thoughts in this movie. And that it's a, it's a very good and smart comedy. Yeah. Um. Moving on to uh, well, before I move on, what's your least favorite scene and moment? Because only oh, have the, the one. ending is it's my least favorite. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on to best performance. Who you got? Ladies first. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I mean. Steve Carell's obviously great. Mm-hmm. I love that moment with Kat Dennings. I like Trish as a character, so I know who yours is. Why don't you say? Mine is Catherine Keener. Yeah. Because... And I, I think I agree. Well, it, the obvious answer here is Steve Carell, and it makes sense. He is sensational in this movie, but Catherine Keener is the understated hero. Mm-hmm. Of the movie. And it seems Be- like she has more to do. Like because more. we we already love Andy. <coughs> we already love Andy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's important for us to love who he's about to fall in love with. Yeah. You know? And some movies, they kind of just brush it off. Or it's, oh, she's just the attractive girl that he's eventually going to, you know, fall in love with and have sex with. Right. right. She has one or two good qualities. And, yeah, yeah. And that's it. That They don't do that with her character. She's so much more than that. She's layered. She's nuanced. Um, she's just a well-written character. Mm-hmm. And Catherine Keener, uh, Catherine Keener plays her so well too. She does. Yeah. She's um, got really good range. Has a lot of good range. This is the same woman that scared the bejesus out of a lot of people and, and uh, get out. Oh yeah, it is. With the, the, the teacup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, forget what that world's called. The, the upside, it's not, the upside down is, uh, That's Stranger, Stranger things. things. Yeah. But, uh, she played that character with a lot of menace. And then here she's just this sweet lady that loves this mm-hmm. awkward, goofy guy. Yeah. And you buy into it. You do. And she's very, very sweet. Um, I support that decision. That's why I have her there. Yeah. She's the unsung hero that doesn't get enough praise for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to does this make sense? Only two things. One, how did Andy get out of the room? His friends locked him in the uh, locked him in with the porn going on, and why didn't he just turn that off if he was concerned about it? It's a very good question. You have to assume that he's just very drunk. Drunk and stoned. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess they let him out at some point. Yeah, they had to. Um, why didn't Andy just shave the rest of his his chest instead of waxing? Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't have shaved all of it to begin with. Yeah, like just shave it all off, man. Just get you a razor, shave it off. 
Get you a trimmer, trim it, trim it real short first, and then shave it off. Mm-hmm. There you go. But nah, he just kept the Man Lantern look. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a choice. <laughs> uh, and I gotta imagine, like, I don't know, I've never put a lot of thought into male hair grooming before. But if you if you were to just go very smooth chested and then have hairy legs continuing and hairy arms and stuff, that seems like it would be out of place too. Yeah, he probably I don't just know what like, they're going for with that. He's probably just like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Nair, he could have used Nair. Nair sucks. Nair does suck. Nair is terrible. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think I think you can chalk uh, one the for one up to him being drunk, and two you can chalk up to him just being like, you know what? I'm gonna let it grow back to where it was. I like my hairy chest. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep it. Nothing wrong with good hairy chest. Mm. I don't know. I don't really I have like, opinions on this. No. I don't, I don't really have a, a hairy chest anyway. For, for listeners, Ben has the perfect amount of hairy chest. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Too far? Too far. <laughs> <laughs> MVP of the movie. Who do you think? I don't know. What do you think? Steve Carell. He's in, he carries this movie. He does carry He could yeah. have easily played this character in a way that made him less lovable, less, like... Much creepier. M- much creepier. But he doesn't. He plays him goofy while also being awkward and lovable. And really sweet. And really sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him in this movie work. Because this movie could have easily gone the route of, all right, let's just have this guy be weird and awkward. Yeah. And it not come across well or just come across as a caricature i've known people that are just like this you know well and what i really like about the way that they did this character is he's like he doesn't really want to have sex through most of the movie he's he's actively resistant towards it and he's he's not that like incel guy who hates women because he doesn't get to have sex or that he's just so horny all the time that all he thinks about is porn. Yeah. You know, he's he's like, nope, I'm good with my with my virginity and we'll just carry on. And Well, he's just, again, it's that lack of confidence why he was missing it. But mm-hmm. he was happy, and but he just needed a little bit of confidence. He needed mm-hmm. a friend group. He did. He needed a friend group. He needed... Um, but the story becomes the about support. the friends, the relationship, his confidence, his growth. It's it's not just about yeah. getting him laid. It, no. It's about all great. those things. It's about having his friends. It's about having confidence. It's about growing in his confidence and being comfortable in his own skin mm-hmm. and who he is. You know, letting his freak flag fly, you know. Yeah. And I, I think he played it so well. He did. You know, I, it takes that combination of, like, Steve Carell's a very good dramatic actor, and he's a hilarious comedian. Yeah. He, Not he, a lot of people can pull that off. No. Um, it, well, it, it's... If someone is incredibly good at comedy, it is shocking how many people translate to just straight drama mm. very easily. Um, I think, and I've said this before, I think... Movies by themselves are inherently subjective, right? Of course. Right? But comedy and horror are almost so personal that it's even more subjective somehow. That's fair. So when you can land either one of those, you can pretty much, and land them well, uh, you can pretty much do just about anything, mm-hmm. I think. And track, track records. 
Interesting. have shown. Um, but yeah, Steve Carell's MVP. But at the end of the day, Carly, why would you recommend this movie? Um, I would recommend this movie because it's sweet and it's fun and it's got it. It has some not cool moments. Um, but the overall message is very positive. It makes you feel good. Yeah, I, I think this movie's it has, it's overused, and I've overused it before, but the one word heart. It does. This movie has a lot of heart, and it has its heart in the right place, mm-hmm. in the right places. Um, it's using the head up on 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 your shoulders and not the one between the legs. When this movie could have easily done that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. It 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 aims to be better. It aims to be smarter. Judd Apatow is... Say what you want to about his movies, you know, post Four Year Old Virgin and Knocked Up. I really like Trainwreck a lot. I... Did, did you? Nope. I think that must have been one I watched while you were asleep. On, on our honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, on our honeymoon, yeah. So you're right. I saw like the first ten minutes of it, yeah. and then I fell asleep. I really enjoyed that, and then also I I really enjoyed uh, King of Staten Island a lot. I didn't really like Funny People as much. Um, so, but you know, generally speaking, Judd Apatow to me is one of the great comedic minds of the past several years, and this movie might be his best, hmm. I think, in general. Well, this one and the movie we'll we'll talk about next week. Or not even next week, in a few days. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that is it uh, this week's episode. We'll be back later uh, this week with another one. Again, it's knocked up. Hey, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait for that one. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely didn't plan for this to happen this way, but hey. (laughs) It happened what way? To what are you referring? Oh, nothing. Uh, But, Carly, thank you so much for joining me on this episode, and you'll be joining me again on Knocked Up. So, yeah, I look forward to talk about that one with you. Me too. Good times. Yes. (laughs) Until then, guys, uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, rate us, and while you're at it, give me a follow over on Instagram and TikTok at Ben Davis Movie Podcast. Stay up to date with all the latest content I have for you guys. Anyways, until next time, stay classy. (laughs) 